Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Berean Post devotional um, podcast. We've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians and we are going to be taking a look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 and we're going to be looking at verses 1 and verses 2. I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the text as is my uh, custom. Paul says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I'm not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I'm an apostle to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Once again, in this text we have a shift in focus. Paul has already addressed a, a range of issues, including divisions within the church, sexual immorality, marital status, divorce, and matters concerning food sacrificed to idols. It appears that he's methodically working through a predetermined list of topics, and now his attention turns to his own apostleship. And this is this is evident in verses 3 when he states, My defense is to those who examine me. Um, so it's apparent that Paul's apostleship is being questioned by some within the church. The scripture is, an interesting, is interesting in context of the ongoing discussion about the existence of modern-day apostles. We've constantly made the point that in our study of the question, there is no clear biblical case for the secession of apostles or prophets. However, we would argue that if someone were to claim the title of apostle, it would logically follow they should meet the biblical criteria, which includes a, a personal and public um, call by Jesus Christ. And Paul begins this passage by asking four rhetorical questions. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen uh, Christ the Lord? I think we're missing one there, but we'll get through here. Um, this series of questions serves as an opening statement to address the underlying challenge. Paul confronts it head on. It's almost as if he's saying, okay, let's tackle the question of my apostleship directly and let's settle it. So he starts by saying, after saying, am I not an apostle, by opening up the question, he says, am I not free? At first glance, this question of freedom may appear unrelated to apostleship. However, Paul employs it to assert his rights and privileges as an apostle. I'm free to claim the rights of an apostle. This counters any doubts regarding his authority and his entitlement to financial support. He argues for compensation in his apostolic ministry. Essentially, it's a rhetorical device that underscores that underscores his legitimacy and apostolic authority. And then he says, have I not seen our Lord? And that and This is a crucial point. The original apostles were personally appointed by Jesus and there were witnesses to his resurrection. The apostles who met the standard of being directly appointed by Jesus, witnessing the resurrection, having authority to, and sign gifts, and playing a foundational role in teaching and being commissioned to make disciples, these include Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, Matthew, also known as Levi, Thomas, often referred to as Doubting Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, also known as uh, Alibius, or Judas, the son of James. Then there's Simon the Zealot, also known as Cyan the Canaan, 
And then there's Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed Jesus and was replaced by Matthias. And then, of course, there is the Apostle Paul. So, while, while Paul was not one of the original twelve, Paul had a direct encounter with the resurrected Jesus and was appointed by him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. So, this reinforces um, his apostolic legitimacy, underscoring that his calling met the same standard as the original twelve apostles. So, Paul encountered the resurrected Christ. Let's, let's look at the text. It's found in, in, in Acts chapter 9. It says, Paul, still breathing threats and murdered against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. So he trembling and astonished said, What do you, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, as we delve into this text, it's, it's crucial to emphasize that Paul's experience was not a subjective, isolated event. It wasn't just a personal thing that happened to him. What happened to Paul cannot be equated to some charismatic guy who claims to be an apostle based on personal visitations, prophecies, dreams, or even peer declarations. You know, buddies saying, hey, yeah, this guy's an apostle. Now, we've got to be brutally honest with this regard. What happened to Paul was a very public event. And for several significant reasons, though we don't have time to delve into those reasons here. But let's underscore this point that Paul's experience was not solely subjective. And to do this, let's refer back to the package the passage within this text in Acts 9. It says that, that the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And the men who sojourned with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no one. And when Paul rose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And it was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. So they heard the voice. They didn't see what Paul saw. They didn't see the light, but they heard the voice. They heard what the voice said. Maybe they didn't understand it, but they heard something. The point is that it wasn't, this didn't happen in uh, by Paul in his bedroom or in isolation. From our best efforts, we've listed um, below the standards for being an apostle according to the text of the New Testament. So here they are. The, number one, a direct appointment by Jesus. The apostles were chosen personally by Jesus during his earthly ministry. This was a significant criteria setting them apart from other church leaders like elders or deacons. The original 12 apostles, you can find in passages like Matthew, Mark, Luke, were the ones directly handpicked by Jesus. And this would also include Paul. They witnessed the resurrection. A, final aspect, a fundamental aspect of being an apostle was to be an actual witness to Jesus' resurrection. This was crucial because they were the ones responsible for spreading the message about this extraordinary event. For instance, the Apostle Paul had a unique encounter with the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus, as he recounts in 1 Corinthians 15.8. We'll get there. Authority and sign gifts. The Apostles possessed unique authority and had the ability to perform remarkable signs and wonders to demonstrate their apostleship. This authority distinguished them from other 
church leaders as described in 2 Corinthians 12. 12. And then there was teaching as a fundamental role. Apostles, the apostles served as the foundation of the early church, significantly shaping the church's belief and teachings. They established the very doctrinal foundation of the church throughout their teachings, as stated in Ephesians 2.20. Apostles were not passive figures. They had a mission. They were sent out to make disciples and spread the gospel message far and wide. Their role included taking this good news to the ends of the earth, as seen in passages like Matthew 28, 18-20, and also Acts uh, no, chapter 1, verse 8. So, next question, Paul says, are you not my work in the Lord? In today's context, the matter of whether or not they're modern apostles can be quite intricate, as we've, intricate as we've just said. It's, it's challenging to rely on the New Testament to assert that apostles no longer exist. However, it's reasonable to argue that if contemporary apostle figures do exist, they should ideally align with the same criteria as the original apostles. This entails having a personal encounter with Christ and receiving a public appointment from Him. But as we delve into this passage, it, it does provide a compelling case for the potential existence of modern apostles in some capacity. In this context, Paul underscores that even if his apostleship faced some skepticism, there was undeniable evidence, the birth of the Corinthian church. So, to him, the Corinthians were akin to his spiritual children. When, when Paul initially arrived in Corinth, he engaged in trade, likely crafting leather and making tents, all the while zealously spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the Roman world, a mission that was consistent with Christ's calling for him. And from this perspective, it, it becomes evident that within contemporary Christianity, certain individuals acknowledge as are, are, are acknowledged as apostles. These could be men and women, even, even couples who have devoted their lives to serving the kingdom. But these people feel a divine calling to serve, the, to serve specific places and have, have established um, Christian communities or other churches. Although it's likely that these people do not meet the New Testament criteria for apostleships, they've earned the respect of an apostle among those whom they minister. We've personally encountered people like this over the years and have personally been impacted in a positive way by such people. We're talking about men and women who, with a profound love for the kingdom of God and the individuals they got. We've witnessed men who, despite being recognized as apostles within their respective circles, have selflessly assisted others even in the pouring rain without expecting them to attend church the next day. Their driving force is love for people not the pursuit of titles or personal gain. Once during one of our mission trips to the UK, we shared a hotel with a man esteemed as an apostle or prophet within his circle. Upon entering the room, it became immediately clear that one of us would have a more comfortable night's sleep than the other. The apostle slash prophet promptly said, I'll take the couch. When a person embodies Christ-like sacrificial thinking, profound love, and values even the smallest acts of service, they exemplify apostolic qualities. Those they serve genuinely regard them as apostles and prophets because their service is marked by authentic humility and a lack of an expectation to be served in return. Conversely, there are individuals who claim to be apostles but exhibit behaviors contrary to the apostolic spirit. 
They engage in practices that include commercializing God's word, making boastful and arrogant promises, and sometimes guilt-tripping people into financial contributions with an apparent appetite for opulent lifestyles. This is not an, a new phenomenon. It's been, a, it's been present in the days of early Christianity. Consequently, the writers of the New Testament caution believers to test those that claim to be apostles.